prayer. We're constantly looking for new ways to be involved. Uh, but one of the things that, that we sort of set our, our eyes and our hearts on years ago um, was the fact that, that uh, these guys, we all have Christmas at home or maybe multiple Christmases at different parts of our families' homes uh, throughout this time of the year. And these boys are, are not with families. Obviously, they're um, in this group home. And if they don't, if we don't provide some kind of Christmas or if somebody doesn't provide some kind of Christmas, they won't have Christmas. Um, if, if we don't step in and talk about the love of God, they're not going to hear about the love of God. Um, if we don't step in and show them uh, the hope of the world in Jesus Christ, they're not going to know about it. So, man, that just like got our hearts several years ago. And so we sort of stepped in and started doing this. So our people who are part of our church uh, um, have over the last several weeks uh, kind of semi-adopted these little boys and these young men and, and uh, have gone out of their way to make sure that they're going to have a great Christmas. So later today, uh, we'll actually have Christmas with them and they'll get to open up uh, some of their presents and then they're going to take a bunch of stuff back to the house with them uh, that they'll open up on Christmas Day so that on Christmas Day, they'll have a nice fun celebration of, of, of Christmas there. So um, it's our honor to do this this. Um, yes, there's work involved, and yes, we've spent a little bit of money, but man, it is an honor to have our Life's Purpose people with us today. Um, those, yeah, amen. I know uh, some of their, their staff is here, which we'll kind of get into that a little bit later, but some of their staff is here, and uh, the boys are here, and, and uh, Patrick and, and Brittany are here, those that, that run the the organization. So man, it's just, again, it's just an honor to have you all here. And anybody that walked in today, and this is your first Sunday with us, thanks for being here. Um, we're not going to eat next Sunday, uh, but we'll be here next Sunday. Um, and uh, uh, just great to have you here with us. I hope it's a great uh, experience for everybody that's here today. Um, so uh, let's talk about uh, what we're doing here this morning. And it certainly isn't I guess sort of, I would say, just food. It's not just the, the presence. There's something else that we're doing. I know at our church here the last uh, four or five weeks, we've been talking about, I would say, sort of how wonderful Christmas is, um, and that it really is a great time of the year. And I, I, would, I, would, I would say with all honesty that it really, truly is the most wonderful time of the year. Um, the music that is played at this time of the year, the, the lights as you just drive around formerly dark neighborhoods and people will put lights and things out into their, their yards, the gifts that we get to give and exchange and uh, receive with people, uh, travel, family, break from school. Can anybody say amen, all of our students and stuff, man? Just being out of school uh, for a little while. Uh, man, we just, it's a great time of year. Um, but I would also want to recognize that there are a lot of people and probably a lot of people in the room today that this is not a great time of year. Um, this is a difficult time of the year. Um, we have a song, uh, old song, Elvis Presley song, Blue Christmas, but it's about that relationship. And if somebody's not with you, it'll be a blue Christmas for that person. There are churches that have blue Christmas services. Um, and as they try to help people deal with loss or grief or uh, whatever they may be experiencing that makes Christmas a difficult time for them. So in churches, we do our best to try to help people. And then you just have life hits, man, you know, and, and uh, hard economic times, emotional times, family issues, loss of loved ones, circumstances that can make this a difficult time. So I would sort of say this, and I, I want to press through this this morning, because I know we, we didn't come to listen to me for sure um, this morning, but Whatever we end up doing with Christmas, whatever you end up doing with Christmas, I would say whatever Christmas ends up being like for you, I would say it sort of completely depends on what you choose to do with this time of year. Christmas is very much what we make of it. 
Christmas is very much what we kind of pour into it. And I'm not just talking about the stuff in the family and the travel and gifts and food and all that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of us walk into Christmas and through the Christmas season and we feel weak and we feel forgotten. We feel rejected. Um, we feel marginalized. We feel like nobody cares. We feel like we are so far outside of the mainstream and we are just convinced that God has forgotten us. So let me just do a little bit of math with you, okay, when I talk about this. There are 7 billion people that live on the face of the earth right now. 7 billion. I can't wrap my brain around that number. And it's really not that large of a number. 7 billion human beings, right? Breathing, eating, sleeping on the world today. So that's a huge number. Let's strip it down a little bit more. That's huge. I feel insignificant. 7 billion people. Strip it down a little more. United States, 375 million. Little more approachable, right, than the 7 billion, but still that's huge. That's a huge number. Let's strip it down even further. Fort Bend County, about 760,000 people live in Fort Bend County right now. A lot more doable, but I'm just one in that 760,000 people here. There are 345, 50 people here on our campus this morning. And I still feel like I'm just one. I'm insignificant. In the larger scheme of things, I just feel like sometimes we do. I just don't matter. We are so small. There is no way that God would bother with my stuff. And seven billion people, there is no way God would have anything to do with my stuff. Maybe he has something to do with the impeachment process. Right? That's a big deal. Maybe he's got something to do with what's going on in Afghanistan. Maybe he cares about somebody that plays in the NFL or the Queen of England. Somebody like that who's really important. But not in Richmond, not in Rosenberg, not in my neighborhood, not in my house. There is no way God knows or cares. It's just too small. It's too insignificant. So a lot of us walk into Christmas with that kind of mindset. Christmas is great, and it's a great story, and I'm glad that it has whatever impact it's had over the years and across the world. But in my life and in my world, I just don't know what it means. I don't know if it's that big of a deal, and I certainly don't know if God knows about me and cares. So in the middle of that pain sometimes for some of us, or loneliness or sadness or smallness, in the middle of that, we get the Christmas story which so many of us are familiar with, but maybe some of us aren't. So just quickly, let me share with you what what started this whole thing when we talk about Christmas? The birth of Jesus Christ is like this. His mother Mary had been betrothed, had been engaged to Joseph. And before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had thought about that, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And he said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what was spoken of the Lord through the Old Testament prophet who said, Behold, the virgin will be with child, and will bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and he did what the angel of the Lord told him to do, and he took Mary as his wife. But he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So that is, that is the, the beginning of this Christmas deal. 
And I want to talk to us just a little bit about the smallness of that first Christmas and maybe what that might mean for us. So just this will be crowd participation. Some of our kids or students or whatever, who can tell me the name of the town where Jesus was born? Throw it out. Bethlehem. Very good. You, Pat, you win, okay? Bethlehem. We sing that, O little town of Bethlehem, right in the song. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Old Testament in Micah, Micah chapter 5 says this, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Where Jesus was born was a tiny country. If you know any geography at all, it is smaller than New Jersey. You could travel from San Antonio to just north of Fort Worth and drive the entire length of the country of Israel. You wouldn't even get out of Texas, right? It is very, very small. It's a tiny town. At the time when Jesus was born, there might have been 200 people that lived there total. It was a tiny country and a tiny town, and you're thinking, wow, what is God going to do to save the world from their sins? What is God going to do to come and make this world right? because it is so broken and messed up. How is he going to fix this? And he sends his son to a little bitty, forgotten, backwoods country to an itty-bitty, tiny little town. And you would have thought, well, of course he'd go to Rome because Rome was in power. Of course he would send his son to Rome or maybe Egypt. They were thousands of years old at this point. They were still a major world power. Or Greece, they had just risen up on the world stage. And so maybe he would send his son there. Or Persia, they'd been around again for thousands of years. Of course God's going to send his son to those places. But instead he sends him to a tiny town. Now, let me ask you this. Somebody again, throw this out. What was Joseph, I mean, what was Jesus' mother's name? Mary. Mary, okay, that one we get. What do we know about Mary? She was a teenager. She was an unmarried, pregnant teenager. That's who God said, I'm going to save the world from their sins, and here's how I'm going to do it. An itty-bitty, tiny, forgotten town to a tiny little girl who is unmarried, and I'm going to get her, I'm going to make her pregnant. Dad's name was what? Joseph. What did he do? He was a carpenter. They're not even carpenters around today. Like, that's not even like, is it a profession still? I guess. I mean, I suppose you can still be a carpenter. But even then, it wasn't that big of a deal, right? What we know about Joseph and Mary was that they were poor. They were poor people. Joseph eked by to get through the day. Can you just think of anything less important than being a carpenter. God, the creator of the universe, says, I'm going to fix everything. I'm going to come to this broken world and I'm going to make it all right. And his plan is to send his son to a tiny town in a forgotten country to an unwed pregnant teenager to an impoverished, hardworking man. That's his plan. Can you just think of any place more isolated and forgotten and insignificant than Israel in Bethlehem, in that manger where Jesus was born. And yet we think about how small it was. Can we think of what's happened because of Christmas? The big thing that God's done because of Christmas. First of all, our calendar revolves around it. Like the, it is 2019. It's about to be 2020. We're going to enter a new decade here. It is 2019 because Jesus came about 2,000 years ago. Our calendar is based off of, give or take, 
the birth of Jesus Christ. So the world calendar, the, the, the world counts time differently because of what Jesus did, because he came. There's a tiny group of outsiders, and they were rejected, and they were persecuted, and they were killed because they put their trust in and they followed Jesus, but they changed history. Right now, today, Christmas is the economic engine that drives the world, especially the Western world. In America this year, we will spend $1 trillion, trillion dollars on Christmas. It is the economic engine that drives our country's uh, motor here. Something happened 2,000 years ago. We believe that. That's why we're here. We're not here because we're good people. We're not here because we're nice people. We're not here because we're rich people. We are here this morning to be with you, to be together, because we believe something happened 2,000 years ago. I think history proves it. I think our culture masks it. It's hard to see it, but we do still celebrate the core of what Christmas is about. We believe that it was the most important time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year, and that it still is the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas is the turning point of history. 2,000 years of culture based on Christian ideals. But what does that have to do with me? Again, I've probably gotten a little bit big, and you're like, oh, I get it, and that's great for them, and that's great for rich people and all that kind of stuff. But what does that have to do with me? Here in Richmond and Rosenberg, I'm just one small, insignificant person. I want you to remember that first Christmas and several things that were small that God used to do big things. First of all, it was witnessed by a small group of people. Who was there that first night? Shepherds, animals, right? Joseph and Mary. A small group of people there were there to see the king of the universe be born into this world. It revolves around a baby. Christmas is about a baby. The smallest kind of person that we can think of, right? An insignificant, weak, vulnerable, forgettable human being. Christmas came, and it's true because of that. It revolves around a baby. Poor parents, a small country, a small town, the shepherds. People genuinely dislike them. I don't even know a prophet, maybe a tax collector today, but people genuinely disliked shepherds. And yet they're the first people that God calls on to be witnesses to what he's going to do in the world. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, even though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. That's an interesting little phrase there. Origins are from old. Some ruler is going to come from Bethlehem. And he's going to be from ancient times of old. I think it's fulfilled in Jesus. Who is this person? That's an old Hebrew way of saying God. The eternal one. The one who has always existed. The one who has always been. He is going to come out of Bethlehem and he's going to rule. It's a fulfillment in the, in the person of Jesus Christ. God, he's basically what's happening in the Old Testament. God is saying, I am coming to you. And I am coming to you through this tiny town. I'm going to actually physically come to be with you. Jesus is that ruler. He is that ancient one. So what that means is, is that in this little baby, and in this tiny forgotten country, and in this tiny home, and in this tiny stable, 
with a very small crowd of very forgettable people, the God of the universe who spoke everything into existence is in this ordinary, plain little baby. In the middle of nowhere to a bunch of nobodies, God came. So what does Christmas have to do with you? Way beyond presents and trees and lights and maybe a bunch of sadness. And you're like, God doesn't even seem to care about me at Christmas. What does this have to do with you? Here's what I would say. The same God who came to little Bethlehem still loves to show up in the smallest of places. To the smallest of people in the most insignificant times. I want you to remember, angels came to shepherds. Angels came and sang and spoke to shepherds. The brilliant light of a thousand stars, and they sang, and they were terrified. But what was their message to these shepherds? We bring you good news of great joy. We bring you good news of great joy. A Savior is born today. Jesus Christ the Lord. Part of the good news to us is this at Christmas time, heaven came down to ordinary, plain people. So you feel forgotten or abused or defeated or marginalized and like God doesn't know and God doesn't care and God doesn't show up in your little places like your little world. Christmas tells us that the opposite is true. It's like God loves to show up in those places, He prefers to show up in those places. If God showed up in the middle of the night to stinky shepherds, if God came in the belly of a little teenage girl, if God chose a poor man to be his earthly father, if God was ever found in a dirty stable, if God came to a broken world of violence and ugliness, he will come to you today. He will, amen. He will come to your forgotten places. He will move in your hopelessness. He will shine light in your darkness, in your situations, and in your heart, in the messiest places of your life where you are convinced that God doesn't know you and he doesn't care about what's going on and that he can't do anything about it. Jesus comes there. So for some of us, that means Christmas needs to stop being about stuff and being sad about what we don't have or what we used to have or what we wish we had, it has to be focused again back on God comes to me in my smallest of places. God meets with me in my most painful, darkest times. That's the promise for us. And then some of us have to turn to Jesus as the Savior of the world. Not just the Savior of the seven billion, the Savior of you. The Savior of the individual person who feels like God doesn't care. Right now, this morning, Jesus is calling to you and he's saying, I have come into your world to fix your biggest problem and your biggest problem is you don't know God because of your sin. And it's because of who I am and what I've done that you can have a relationship with God forever. But you have to trust in me. You have to put the weight of your life on me and I will save you from your sins. That's our biggest problem and he is our greatest hope, our only hope. That's what Christmas means for us. Thank God, and I mean it, thank God that he, he chooses, he prefers to show up to forgotten people in messy lives with no hope and no prospects who are cast off and thrown away by other people. He likes 
he prefers those kinds of hearts. God is not afraid of the ugliness of our lives. It doesn't freak him out. That's where he chooses to show up. Receive him, and then, man, let's live like he's there with us, guys, right? No matter what your Christmas means, and I know it can mean really hard things, dark, dark times for some of us. No matter what Christmas brings your way, circumstantially, let's live like God comes to meet me in those dark places, and that's what Christmas means, amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes, man. If any of you, if anybody in this room, if you can hear my voice and you doubt, you have some concern that you are forgotten, you think God doesn't care, you think there's just no hope for you, there's no grace for you, right now you can call out to God. God is here with us right now. And you can talk to him and say, Jesus, my biggest problem is, not my circumstances, is that I don't know you. I don't know God. I don't have a relationship with you because of my sin. And right now, I am trusting in Jesus. Take away my sins. Save me from my sins. I want to be yours. I want to know you every day. Just talk to him. Talk to him about your sins. He'll hear you. He'll forgive you. He'll meet you right where you're at. Your life's not too messy for him. You're not too far away from him. You can call out to him right now. Just talk to God. And then those of us who are Christians, maybe, that, that we're here this morning and we're following God, I want you to listen. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you are forgotten by God. Don't let your own mind or heart convince you that you are outcast and God is too far away. God is here for you and he's here for you this morning. Christmas guarantees that. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time and this, this uh, opportunity to celebrate with our friends uh, from life's purpose and, and with our church family. God, I pray you'd use this any way you want to, that we honor you this morning. If there's someone here who doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray they'd call out to you today. You would do your work of bringing light into darkness and saving us from our sins. And then remind each of us, whatever Christmas means and brings to us, let us remember in the small forgotten places that's where you choose to come. And that's here in Richmond, here in Rosenberg, here in my heart, here in my house here in my neighborhood, God, in me. Thank you for that assurance. Thank you for Jesus. Thanks for being with us. In your name we pray, amen. So TSF, I just want to kind of throw one thing out to you. Patrick, where are you at, man, in the back? Come on up here, man. Uh, we're going to have Patrick come and talk to us for just a second. Um, but for our church family, I just want to say this, man. I, I just, for our church family, I just, don't let anybody ever tell you that because we're small, we can't do something. You know what I mean? God's been so good to us here. He's been so kind and so gracious and so faithful to us. Don't let anybody ever tell us we can't, right? Because in the power of God, look what we can do. Look what we can do, man. And this is just a small sampling of the ministry we get to do all year. Abigail, and just wave. Addison, just pop your hand up real quick. They're about to head to Japan. We get to support them. Did y'all know that? We get to be a part of them taking the gospel across the ocean to people, 97, 98%, I think something like that, non-evangelical, 99 you don't find anywhere that's you don't find anywhere that's less evangelized than Japan. And they're going to go there and spread the gospel. We get the chance to be a part of that, right? Don't let anybody ever yeah, amen. So listen, we have big things coming up in 2020 and, and beyond that. Some of it's going to look big and daunting, but my gosh, it's so small in the eyes of God. And we trust in him and we step out in faith. Look what we can do. Amen. Uh, come on up here, man. Can we do this mic, maybe, for him? No, you got to come up here, dude. Yeah, all the way up. I'm not going to be up for myself. 
This is uh, uh, Patrick, and Patrick and, and his wife Brittany back here are uh, currently, I guess, the, uh, the directors of this facility and this ministry, and I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about what they do and however you want to talk about this morning, man. So it's great to have them. They work hard. You think your life is hard. They work hard. Um, so yeah, good to have you this morning. Go ahead. <laughs> 